Wow, what a year already. We started off 2014. We're halfway through the month of January at the point of recording. And I have been seeing a lot of people making some really good changes to their lives so far, myself included. Uh, welcome to Powerful Nonsense, episode three. Powerful Nonsense, the podcast about entrepreneurship in the digital economy. And sitting next to me, my good friend and yours, Jam Yildiz. Hello, Wayne. How's it going? All good. All good. Good stuff. Um, yeah, so a lot of people making some good changes to their lives at the moment, I've been noticing. Is that so? Which is good, yeah. A lot of people, well, at least uh, people I know, uh, leaving jobs that they've hated uh, for the last year and kind of moving on to passages new. Well, January is always a good time to clear out the, the old yeah. mess. Yeah, it certainly is. I just think this year is looking like a, a year of big changes for people as well. Uh, so on that note, we're actually going to be talking about that sort of thing today. Um, talking about, you know, defining clearly what you want, which is something that we've talked about in past episodes. Um, and, you know, kind of making the right decisions to get into that that kind of frame of mind with your life. Um, we're talking about uh, people's addiction to authority as well as um, the kind of indecisions that we make in our lives or don't make rather. Um, talking about the imposter syndrome and rational thinking. So, Jem, do you want to start off with uh, a quote for the episode? One that rings true for you? Sure. So I'm going to start off with, obviously, I'm a big fan of Seth Godin. So I think I'm going to start with that one. And this quote is, when exactly were you brainwashed into believing that the best way to earn a living is to have a job? Very and I think that's from his book, Lynchpin. Lynchpin. Yeah. Okay. Which we'll add in the show notes anyway. Cool. Okay. Excellent. Good. Uh, so, yeah, we'll start off with that with that idea. Um, so we're... The world that we live in kind of seems to be built around this idea of, of getting a job. Something, again, I think we talked about in episode two. Um, and so really people need to define exactly what they want from their life before they should get a job is the, is the general idea that we think would be better. Do you want to build on that a little bit? Yeah, basically, I think obviously we could talk about defining what you want. But I think a lot of the time what we do in education and just in life in general is the fact that we're not really given the option to define exactly what we want. We actually are kind of given a framework for what we're expected to want, if you get what I mean. Mm -hmm. So like you, you, I mean, as you look at school, you're kind of sat there against a desk, you come in nine till three, you, um, you've got your lunch break and it's all sort of set up for the office environment. Basically mm -hmm. it's that it's all industrial setup really. And it's sort mm -hmm. of, it's sort of actually kind of going a stepping back from that and actually saying to yourself, actually, is this is this what I want? Is this def is this definitely where I wanted to go in life? And actually, just questioning all that's been that's been built around you, really. Yeah, true. And uh, if I mean, if you look at the education system um, that exists today, it was built around uh, the industrial revolution and getting people into employment afterwards. Um, now, the issue seems to be, as uh, we discussed before we started recording, is that people leave education, and rather than going into a job that they want to get the life that they want, they seem to be in the frame of mind of just get whatever job they can, first of all. Well, I think one of the major issues there, I mean, if we kind of jumped a gun there a little bit, I'd say is that 
people don't actually take that little bit of time to actually step back and say, what actual life do I want? What do I actually want? What's going to make me happy? It's kind of like you program, okay, you go to school, then you do your college, then you do your university, and then you leave. And then it's kind of the next thing is you, you get a job. And people are like, people get a job kind of obliviously to like, to, they don't even question, why am I actually getting a job? Do I, I mean, obviously everybody needs money to survive, you need to buy food, but you still need to define like, why am I actually having this job? What is the reason for me earning this money? What am I accumulating it for? Yeah, if it's to move out. But then you got to really think like, is that job really going to pay towards those things that you actually really want? Not that you kind of think that you thought you want or that mm. you've been told that this is what you should want. You should want the family. You should, I'm not saying you shouldn't want a family, but you want the house, you want the car and it just makes you... It's sort of just questioning those things, really. Yeah, true. And I think uh, uh, the hard part for a lot of people is that you come out of education um, and you have bills to pay unless you uh, decide to still live with your parents. But even then, they will probably ask for a little bit of money towards the bills and things like that. So you've got responsibilities financially. You've got to keep a roof over your head. You've got to pay for your food. You've got to, you know, you still pay want to for go out with friends. Stuff. Absolutely. You still want to live. And so the difficulty for a lot of people is that safety net, that security, that knowing that if they've got a job, then they can start worrying about what they want to do afterwards and so their life is defined around what job they have as opposed to their job being defined around what life they want exactly um, which which is uh, the issue um and then that also comes with um indecisions um so for example as we say you go out you leave education for me for example i moved down to london as soon as before i finished education really but i moved down to london and then my first priority was get a job to pay my bills mm-hmm. it doesn't it can be anything um so long as i'm getting an income which i even inverted commas needed to do um but then that's where the indecision comes in because i haven't decided what job i want where I want to go and, and what that job needs to provide within within reason. I was wondering if you wanted to elaborate on that a little. Well, I think obviously, like you say, you came you came down to London to get a job, but still you had in mind the bigger picture. Like you didn't like you weren't there weren't pressure from your parents saying if you're going down to London, you better be able to pay your rent. You That's better true. get you better get a job, any job, or I want to expect you to be in this kind of job. Like I mean, you think you've been to university, and if you decide to come down to London, you take, I don't know, like you say, if you go to work in a restaurant or if you're going as a waiter, then your parents are going to be thinking, wait, you've just done your degree, you've just done all this stuff, and you're telling me you're you're not in, like, some big company now. And But you, but then that's what I'm saying is different from you is because you've actually come down here, but you said, well, my goal is still acting. but So you've already got a definite goal of what you want. There's no indecision there. It's like, I want to come down to London because I want to be an actor, but I also know that in order for me to be in London... I have to get this any kind of job that just covers my income. And that's where I think that there's the problem is because a lot of people come out of university and there's these massive pressures from you, like your family, every, like even even your friends. Some friends have already, they've got their jobs lined up at university and you're in your last your last term and you're freaking out thinking, what am I going to do? Someone's, he's just signed up for HSBC or he's going to work for this big corporate. Yeah. And so you've, you've at least you had in mind kind of, okay, I'm okay with going down to London knowing that I will get whatever job I can because I've still got my definite goal. But it's a true. lot of people leave de- leave university and they don't really know what the bigger picture is. And so when they come down, they've got all these pressures again, moving back home. You've got the pressures from family. And then you're just going to take what you have just because that's the right thing to do. Yeah, that's true. And I suppose uh, there's also that, that fear of uh, a little bit of failure 
as well in that respect um because if you particularly if you are leaving education and moving back in with your parents because that's the uh, easiest option at the time you're still then going to be in a position where you don't want your parents to think that you're not pulling your weight uh, or you don't want your parents to think that you're a failure you've just come out you know you've got a degree or whatever even if it's college you know you've just come out with whatever qualification you've just got and so people then automatically expect because you've got that qualification you're going to go on to bigger and better things and uh, if you're at home job searching then you don't want people to think that you haven't moved on to, to bigger and better things and and so the pressure then comes on to get a job whatever that job might be so that at least there's the impression that you're working hard and that you're doing well in whatever it is that you're doing and then it kind of becomes this catch-22 because you're you're looking to pay the bills you're looking to get make a good impression on people but you might not necessarily be doing the job you want to, but then whilst you're in this job that you don't want, you can then look for the job that you want, but then quite often you get stuck in the job that you don't want because of politics, finances or whatever. I think there's a massive chasm between the point where you leave university and you think, all right, that's it, I'm an educated person. And I think you've got your family, everyone's on your side, you're like, yes, I've made my family proud. And then literally it could be like a month or two down the line and your mum's looking at you like, why are you, <laughs> what are you doing in my house on the computer eating all the food? Like you've kind of switched, like it goes so fast and then that's it. The pressure's on. You're just like, it's from being up there thinking, yes, I've done a degree. I've got to that pinnacle of my education. Mm. And then quickly, suddenly you can be at home and you're suddenly everyone's looking at you saying, okay, well, what, what are you doing now? Like what's happening yeah. now? What are you doing with your life? I mean, even me, like obviously now I'm started working from home and stuff. I mean, mum was like, well, well, you're the educated one in the family. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I got a degree, but that doesn't mean like, what does that mean? Like, what? what that's it. People already have this um, sort of preconception of, okay, because you've got a degree, this is the next thing for you. This is what someone who is clever or who is, I don't know, doing well for themselves should be doing next. And so if you ever said, well, I'm going to be in the room, in my room for the next uh, six months, I'm going to try and make a business online or I'm going to, well, I'm going to be an actor. They're like, well, I know you got the degree and it was all well and good doing that at university, but come on, maybe it's time to be a bit realistic. And yeah, <laughs> so I think it's so difficult. I think that's such a vital period as well, because we, both of us were on a creative campus together. And I mean, you could just look at how many people maybe had, we all had the dreams, and aspirations of what we want mm. to go into and how many of those people quickly drop after say six months out of university Absolutely. how many all of a sudden that pressure comes on that stress and then you just find yourself totally away from all that motivation you had built up yeah. at university and then you're back in basically into the wild <laughs> absolutely and um I, I say this not meaning to discredit anyone at all that i trained with but somebody was asking me the other day you know how many of the people that were in your year group training as an actor are still acting and i thought yeah, how many are? And I tried to think of names off the top of my head and could count for, you know, three or four people that I know. I mean, there might be more, but that I'm not necessarily in contact with. But it is right. It's those dreams and aspirations quickly fall by the wayside because it's this idea of, well, I've got to get a proper job. I've got to make sure that I'm paying the bills first. Mm -hmm. And then you get sucked into that that kind of working environment but i think i think you can then take a step back and say well it's gone back to more indecision it's like i have to be totally honest with myself when i went to university i went there just thinking well i should just go to university so i'll just pick a degree that kind of looks fun and again there's indecision there so although you might say okay there's a few people that didn't who are now not acting 
how do you know that over, I mean, there could be people who do law, who do sciences, who just had such indecision at that time where they chose what they want at university that mm. you're so in the mix that while you're at university, you love it and you're in it. And then when you come out, you're like, well, I did that degree and yeah, I really enjoyed it, but I don't know if that's the right thing for me. Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and you know, there are reasons for people uh, dropping out of that path or whatever path they choose for various reasons because quite often it will be they go well actually it's not for me and that's perfectly fine you know you you shouldn't judge anybody for the decisions that they've made you know they've tried it and if they've decided it's not for them that that's fine but um there are some people that still i know have the aspirations because they've told me and you kind of go well stop waiting the tables as much okay yeah you want to go traveling that's great but if you keep going traveling and then telling me about your, how much you want your career to kick off at the moment all i'm seeing you do is waiting tables and going traveling which is fine if you're not too worried about the career but if you're worried about the career as well it's kind of like it's that indecision of well what do i want for my life do i want to be traveling or do i want my career um i've always thought for me, okay, I do want to travel, I do want to see the world, but for me, I'm hoping that my career will take me down that, that path and I'll get to travel and see the world through my career. And that's the clear decision I've made, whereas for some people, it's like, well, I want to travel and I want to follow my career and Again, I want to do that, this. It I goes want to back do that. to that indecision. It's like, what is your priority right now? What is your choice? And But like, what would you say? Because there's probably, I know there's a lot of people, my friends as well, like who have kind of done that. They've come out of university. Obviously, the pressures are on. You're living mm. at home with parents or you're got a place you've got to pay rent and how do you sort of like rebalance things in a way to say okay you sit down and i'll be honest with yourself how how way would you start really um well i mean it's tough i mean ultimately you have to i think ultimately you have to look at uh what do you want out of your life what would you consider a successful life um so if that is i've seen the world great Go see the world and do what you have to do to see the world. Uh, so really, I think you have to look at the bigger picture and you have to look, you know, like we were saying in episode two about the old rocking chair. You know, when you're old, what do you want to be able to say, say to your grandkids or what are you going to be able to say? Yes, I'm glad I did that. As opposed to what are you going to go? Oh, I wish I'd done that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you have to look at that big picture, decide what you want to do and then work out what the, those steps are to really get to that point. If you want to have seen the world and you want to be an actor, for example, with me, which I want to do both. So I've I've said, okay, well, let's see if I can make, kill two birds with one stone and go down that path rather than splitting myself off into these different branches uh, and then kind of making my time a little less focused. So it's it's that point of where do I want to be what are the priorities to get there? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not discrediting anybody that wants to go traveling. That's fine if that's what they want. But if that's what you want, make sure that is what you want. Because if you're then going traveling and going, oh, I really want to be doing this, then stop traveling and do that. That's... Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people could use traveling as that sort of escapism. It's sort of like, I can get away. I think a lot of people use it as sort of a pause button. It's like, yeah. I'll travel and it'll give me that time to reassess i think i think well i kind of went away a little bit and kind of thought i need to just go traveling for a bit just to figure out what it is i want and yeah. sometimes you need that time yeah, so absolutely. that you can get to make that decision for the priority absolutely definitely but if, if we move on like i think like like you're saying though okay that person says okay actually i've come back i've got a clear definite goal of what i want i'm gonna cut down on the time i'm doing my part-time job and i'm gonna start focusing on the bigger picture that's the hard part because i think that's really mm. really difficult because i think when you start doing that 
that's when you start feeling well i'm going towards this but like you say if it's acting you must get the points in your life where you're sitting there and thinking okay i'm moving towards this but is it realistic and can i can i actually keep it up yeah definitely you and i think as a creative and you know if looking at the entrepreneurial side as well you know you always have those doubts of is it realistic and i think that actually comes down to one of the next points that we were going to make is this addiction to authority and how much you judge what you're doing based on what everybody else thinks about what you're doing and about what your family think about what your friends think you know if you're uh if your friends or your family are going out doing their nine till five job and you're sitting at home working on whatever you're working for example you know like we were saying again before we recorded like somebody said to you well when you get a proper job we'll be able to do that yeah it's like well this is my job yeah um and i think the realisticness is something that's been imprinted on us as to what you can achieve. Uh, Ken Robinson, I think, with his TED Talk, um, How School Has Dampened Creativity, he says, if you look at it, maths, English, and science comes top of the hierarchy. And that comes top of the hierarchy because those are the skills that you need for, quote-unquote, a proper job. Um, Maths, English, and science. To do... The jobs that everybody sees as realistic jobs. Then under that you have the humanities, so like geography, history and all that sort of stuff, which is academic stuff. And then you have the stuff underneath like music, dance, drama, art um, and those sorts of subjects where people go, well, they're not that important because you'll never get a proper job doing that. You'll never get a job doing that. You'll never make money doing that. And I beg to differ. There's a lot of people out there that are making a lot of money doing those things. Um, But it's people don't do those things. And there are a lot of talented people that have avoided doing those things because it's not seen as a proper job by friends and family. I think what we're missing a massive point here is basically like, why does it have to be a job if you enjoy what it's doing? Should it even have the phrase job? Like if someone says, well, get a proper job. What if I'm just doing what I do because that builds my lifestyle that I want? That's Absolutely. how I think we need to reassess it. It's like a job shouldn't just be something that you just do because it's the ne- it's the thing you do. The job should be like it's basically the the money's a byproduct of doing the thing you love. Yeah. And you, anything in society today, I think if, if something's a job, it's the thing that makes you the money. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of have to question that in a way. Absolutely. And it, again, it comes down to that decision of what you want from your life. There are people that I know that you know work jobs that they don't particularly enjoy but are very, very wealthy. But then how much work are you putting in and how much then are you living and how much are you working and how much are you earning money? And, you know, then there are other people that don't earn a lot of money, but they do something that they love on a day-to-day basis. And then you think, okay, well, who's happier? Yeah, who's happier in terms of wealth, not just monetary, but also just in life, who's actually living a lot more. Yeah, and who's having the, the better life. And again, it comes down to that decision of what do you want from your life? Yeah. How would you gauge success? Yeah. If you're going to gauge your success by having a million pounds in the bank, then yeah, you're probably better off being a lawyer or something like that. But if you gauge your success on on just contentment, seeing the world, you know, enjoying an enriched life, then maybe be an artist or, you know, an entrepreneur or social entrepreneur or whatever. But if we go, obviously, if we go back to like what you were saying there is um, people being addicted to authority, like 
when you do go against that, when you do be out of the norm, then you sometimes do feel like an imposter in a way because you feel like, oh, maybe I'm sort of cheating in a way because mm-hmm. I'm doing something I like and I'm creating money or wealth for myself. Like, that's a funny yeah. thing as well. Absolutely. As as uh, Neil Gaiman says in his um, commencement speech, um, you know, the problem with success is you feel like you're getting away with something and you're desperately waiting for somebody to catch you out. And it's, it's just that thing, you know, you go to, like, I remember being at, at uni training as an actor, doing what I love. And in the mornings, first thing we do is run around the studio playing stuck in the mud. And I think this could be my job one day. And the first thing I'm going to do to start my day is play stuck in the mud. Like, I'm not sure everybody's going to really think that it's a serious career choice when you're playing stuck in the mud every um and and yeah it's it's that thing that if you're doing what you love then it stops becoming a job and as you say you feel like an imposter you feel like well surely i don't have that much in the way of expertise if i'm doing if i'm just doing what i love like who am i to tell somebody how they should live their life or whatever you know i'm i'm just getting away with what i'm doing and i'm happening to make a living off of it and that sort of thing yeah it's like i'm not going to work i'm just being yeah absolutely (laughs) i'm just being me i'm just getting on with what i enjoy and that so happens to also bring me in money yeah and and then you kind of you know it's easy to get stuck in that rut of going well then that kind of thought process of well maybe i should get a proper job you know particularly if it's not going particularly well financially you'll always have that kind of fear voice going maybe i should get a proper job maybe i should jack this in and just have this as a hobby yeah you know but then you get stuck in that position of indecision again totally like i mean even before i started i mean probably just uh coming to the end of last year i was kind of like in that half zone where half my brain was making me go onto google and type in just to see what jobs are available and saying oh well that job looks pretty good and that looks pretty secure and it'll mean i'll be getting this much definitely every month and and then my other brain saying no jim what are you doing like hold back like do the things you want like build you can build something yourself you've got you know you've got the skills so if you think you can apply that those skills to those jobs online you can do that for yourself or somebody else absolutely and it's a constant battle and i think it takes so much time to sort of reprogram your brain to actually say wait a minute this is possible and there's no different really it's just a shift it's yeah. just a shift in mindset in a way. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, one other thing that we wanted to talk about as well before we kind of close up is this idea of rational thinking um, and how uh, your rational thinking is affected when you're upset or stressed. Uh, so let's just touch on rational thinking itself, first of all. So obviously we've been talking about you know, indecision and knowing what you want uh, from your life. Some would argue that the rational thing to do would be to get a job um, and, and and it would be to, you know, get an income on a regular basis because it's safe. That's the rational thing to do. Uh, you're not taking any risk. You go in, you work nine to five or whatever hours and you get, you know how much you're getting every month. Um, and kind of going back on the imposter syndrome thing, that, rational thinking is disrupted by stress or when you're upset or how it changes because my rational thinking is i'm going to do what i love i might not earn a lot of money but i'm going to do what i love i'm going to enjoy what i do enjoy my life and feel very enriched by what i do i might not earn a lot of money 
but it's a good life. Uh, but then when the bills start coming in and you're going, I actually cannot afford to live doing what I am doing right now. That's when your rational thinking starts getting disrupted and you're going, well, OK, I might not enjoy what I'm doing as much, but at least I'm going to be able to survive. Um, but then there's the, also the rational thinking of the other way, which is, well, the rational thing to do would be to get your nine to five job. Just wanted to see what your thoughts on that were. My thing is you should just distill it right the way down and just say, look, as you say, look yourself in the mirror and just say, if you're not happy, like, is it rational that I'm content with what I'm doing right now? I think that's the way if you say that to yourself, because then if you're being honest with yourself, like right now, it, that's the hardest decision to make. Is it rational that I'm happy in this job right now? And if you know that you're not enjoying that, then you're making the biggest irrational decision of life by putting your work ahead of yourself, really. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think just go right to that first. Every time you're thinking, well, it's rational to get the regular income. It's rational to, as you say, just to be able to pay your bills and all that stuff. But then you've got to think like on the bigger picture, is it rational that you're you're content doing what you don't like doing? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you just think about your your life, you spend about seven to nine hours of sleep of your 24 hours. So that leaves you with, what, 15 hours left? Then seven of that will be at work. Um, so that leaves you with about eight hours left. Um, and then probably you've got two hours of that commuting. So then that leaves you with six hours to do what you want. Of your 24 hours, which is what, an eighth? Is that right? Is that my, uh, my mental maths is awful. <laughs> I, I'm an artist, not a mathematician. Um, but uh, you're looking at, yeah. you know, a sixth, a, a maybe. A big majority. A, yeah. yeah. To, do, to live how you want to live. Yeah. And to me, that's not rational. Rational is the other way around. I should be looking at, I take away the commute, take away the seven hours. So that gives me uh, seven, uh, so nine hours of my day to do what I want and then the remaining six hours to to chill out, you know? I think, I think like, to be honest, when you go back to rationality, like we were saying, we're talking about stress and how people are, like, if they're upset with what they're doing, I think that's the biggest thing, really, is that it just affects your decision-making. If you're stressed, if you're feeling irrational, you're going to make bad decisions and you're more likely to go for the safer option. Mm. At the end of the day, when it comes to, I mean, I'm big into food and diet, when you're, when you're hungry, when you've got yourself into that starvation mode, you're body instantly says go for the go for the most calorific food you can go for the most sugar because that's your natural reaction mm-hmm. to kind of savor yourself to save yourself and so it's the same reaction when it goes to taking a job if you're feeling stressed and you're feeling desperate for money and you put yourself in that position where you're so desperate you're going to take whatever's the most secure dense thing right there and so you'll take security and that sort of comfort over actually your happiness because you're mm. you're not you haven't got the capability to make the right decision yeah I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think that's a good place to start uh, wrapping up on that. Um, But before we do, uh, let's just throw in another quote here. Um, I think let's... Oh, my quote's gone. No. Technical difficulties for the first time. We'll edit this out. It's fine. Uh, Yeah, so we'll throw in a quote from... uh, Napoleon Hill, I think. Do you want to... Sure, yeah. I'll um, throw it in. So... um... Basically, it kind of goes back to what we said is, and his quote is, no man can succeed in a line or endeavor which he does not like. 
Yeah. And basically, that's just saying that, obviously, if you're not enjoying what you're doing in life, then you can never be successful at it because you won't have the fire underneath your butt to kind of get you going and really pushing, doing as much as you can in that. Yeah, absolutely. Short and sweet. I like it. Um, so that's it for uh, this episode. Um, so thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please, please, please subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever other channel we've put this out on um and also please as well give us a rating if you and a review if you like what you're hearing it really will help us to uh, continue doing what we do and also improve the show in the future as well um gem how can they find you online if they need to so if you want to send us an email you can send it over at gem at com, or you can get hold of me on twitter which is at c-k-y-i-l-d-i-z Excellent. And what about yourself, Wayne? Uh, you can find me um, on Twitter, first of all, at Wayne underscore Ingram. That's I-N-G-R-A-M. Um, or you can email me at Wayne at PowerfulNonsense.com. Excellent. Thank you very much for listening, guys. And we'll catch you next time. Take care.